This is a message that God has burdened me with, um, not just for a week, but for a long time. And uh, it's something that, that I'm privileged to share, um, and we're going we're gonna to have a time today, so just get ready. As a child, I always imagined what it would be like to be raised by the perfect parents. You know, those parents, the best qualities of all of my best friends' parents. You know, parents that would always be encouraging, always there, always patient, always trying to make me laugh or be there when I wanted to cry. Parents that when I was hurt would be the very first people that I would go to see for comfort and guidance. Parents that were never too busy to be able to say just the right thing at that right moment. Parents that I could trust 100% of the time. The perfect parents. But I didn't get the perfect parents. I got my parents. Parents that were more selfish than selfless. Parents that were more wrapped up in their own issues than to have time and emotional energy to pour out anything into their children. And you got your parents with their own issues, with their own problems, and you are who you are as a result of your parents, as a result of their choices, good, bad, or indifferent. And our perceptions of who a parent is is colored by our experiences. And some of us that are here today, we might describe our mom or our dad as demanding or abusive. You might describe your parents as being more of the distracted type. Some of you might describe your parent as being controlling or impossible to please. Some of you didn't have a mother or a father in your home, so as a result, you would describe one or both of them as being absent or non-existent. And thankfully, some of you would describe your mom and dad as kind, caring, and loving. For a moment this morning, will you think about your parents? First, your dad. When you think about your dad, what three words come to your mind? For me, selfish greedy, hard worker comes to mind. What about your mom? When you think about your mom, what three words come to your mind? When I think about my mom, I think about hurt, non-confrontational, and caring. This last month, we were down in Mexico with a group of guys on our men's mission trip and I had the guys um, spend time doing that exact exercise. And around the whole room of every guy that was on the trip, I asked them to describe their dad in three words. Let me share with you some of how they described their dads. Selfish, greedy, no time, emotionally vacant, provider, loving, hard worker, absent, harsh, and out of all of the guys that went on the trip, not one of the guys described their dad as a godly man. And only a few of the guys actually had positive things to say about their dads. And the sad thing is, I wasn't necessarily surprised by the list of words. 
I know that some of you have or have had the most blessed relationships with your parents, and I absolutely praise God as a result of that. But sadly, in my experience as a pastor and in my own life, they're in the minority. Mostly, I hear stories of people who feel abandoned, devalued, criticized, and unable to measure up. That day when we were in Mexico, after all of the guys had given those different words, I I shared a message, and I challenged each one of the guys to write a letter to their dad. And if their dad was still alive, to give them that letter or to sit down with them. And for those of the guys whose dads had gone on to glory with Jesus, I still challenged them to write a letter to their dad. And one of the men, 67 years old, walks up to me at the end of our group time. With tears welling up in his eyes, he shows me his hand that has crinkled little torn up pieces of paper in his hand. And he says, for 67 years, I've been holding this against my dad. I've been hurt by him. And today, I'm going to let it go. He had breakthrough in his life. I can remember sitting with my wife's grandfather, 97 years old at the time. And as he started to share, we went off on a little bit of a rabbit trail. And you know what he shared? He started to think about his father. He's 97 years old at this time. And you know what he says with tears running down his face? He says, if only my dad would have let me sit on his lap. At 97 years old, he still had a parent wound. Why do I bring that up? Because good or bad, present or passive, our parents, and in particular for those of you that are men, our dads, they define us. They shape who we become, who we are, how we act, how we feel about ourselves, how we respond to others. Our first emotions and our feelings are formed so much by the words of our parents. And your relationship with your parents defines you far more than many of us want to admit. And what makes it worse? And what makes it worse is often without even realizing it, We take the treatment that we've experienced from our earthly parents, in particular our dads, and we project those earthly characteristics and qualities on our heavenly father. A.W. Tozer said, what comes to mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Why? Because the way that we view God determines how we relate to God. And how we relate to God determines how we relate to everything else in our lives. Today is a difficult message for me to share with you. And it's going to be a message for some of you that's going to be really difficult for you to receive. A message that for me I have wrestled with for years in my own life. Years of pain. Years of scars, years that I've tried unsuccessfully just to kind of push those pains and those memories away, not wanting to revisit them. But when Pastor Brad shared with me about this breakthrough series, about how we're going to remove the stone that is keeping us from truly seeing Jesus and worshiping him, I knew without a shadow of a doubt in that day, just as I know without a shadow of a doubt before I stand, as I stand before every one of you today, 
that this was a message I needed to live, and this is a message that needed to be preached, and this is a message that each and every one of you here in this place today need to wrestle with and need to reconcile with. See, God has taken me on an amazing journey in my relationship with my parents, and I pray that for you today, that for some of you, God will start you on that same journey, and it's an amazing journey, a journey of breakthrough. I want to look at a few different types of parents today. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will stir in your heart and reveal ways in your life and in your upbringing that you have either held on to deep wounds or have reflected the treatment that you've received from your parents on our perfect God. And I also pray that for those of you that are parents that are in here today, and there are many, I pray that you will be honest with yourself and that you might see how your parenting today is also represented in some of these descriptions. So if you have your outline and you want to follow along with me, the first type of parent we're going to look at is the parent that abandons. More often it's the father, but more frequently now today it's becoming also the mother. For who, for whatever reason, completely walks away. And the absent parent imprint transfers onto every human relationship in life. As you build relationships as a result of childhood abandonment, you feel guarded and you're not sure if you can trust anyone, believing that people, friends, even spouses, will leave you just as your father or your mother abandoned you. The insecurity from abandonment becomes a scar in your heart and it challenges your relationships and it affects every single thing that you do in your life, including the way that you see your heavenly father. Questions like, is God going to leave me? Can I trust him? Does God actually care about who I am? Do I matter to him? And if you've been abandoned by your earthly parent, can I tell you with the utmost of care and empathy today that people will let you down? Humans can and will leave, but our God but our God will never, ever leave you because our God is always with you. Hebrews chapter 13, verse five says, for God has said, I will never leave you. I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. And I know that there are some of you that are in here today that need not just to hear those words in your ears, but to believe those words in your heart. That the God that created the heavens and the earth cares about you. That he loves you. That he will never, no matter what, abandon you. And if you've ever felt forgotten, rejected, or left behind, you need to take that promise to heart and hear this over and over again. God will never, ever ever, 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 ever leave you. While abandonment is so difficult, the next type of parent's legacy is similar. Although this parent is there, they're not there. If you ask people what the opposite of love is, they will usually respond with the obvious, which would be hate. But I'm not convinced that that's really correct. 
Author and Holocaust survivor Ellie Wiesel once said, the opposite of love is not hate, but indifference. The more that I've thought about that, I completely agree. Both hate and love have passion at its core, but indifference is the absence of passion. So while uh, it's easy to identify abusive or controlling parents, the effects of an indifferent or passive parent is harder to pinpoint. And I think of parents today. Parents that are sitting in the same room as their child, but they have their phone out and their nose is so enthralled with whatever it is on Facebook or Distractagram or whatever newest shiny object our world throws at our way. And they're so distracted and they're so wrapped up in whatever somebody else is doing or wrapped up in how they can make themselves look better to people that don't really matter that they miss out on the greatest blessings that are right on front of them because their nose is right there into a telephone and not into pouring into their children. Though they're not physically absent, they're absent in a whole different way. They are there, but they're not available to their family. They are there with their family. They don't yell. They don't scream or control because they're so distracted and uninvolved and unengaged that the legacy they're leaving is completely different. They're parents that provide the essentials, food, shelter, sometimes when they get around to it, guidance and discipline. But their children can't connect with them on an emotional level. Now, for many of you that are here today, your parent probably wasn't on that Facebook or distracted Graham. Maybe for you it was the television. Or maybe your parents were like mine where the necessity of the moment, whatever newest thing or newest stress that was going on, gained their attention rather than the beautiful children that were sitting there right in their midst. Do you know that it's estimated that 40% of children in America today are being raised with passive parents? And if you're a child from this type of home, your image of God can become completely distorted, although it likely happened in more of a subtle type of way. Due to one or both of your parents' passivity, you might view God as also being way off in the distance, too busy running the universe to be able to care about the details of your life. You're able to see God as the creator, but you probably struggle to believe that he wants to connect intimately with every detail of your life, that he wants to know your hopes and your dreams, that he has time for you, that he is a God that wants to be up close and personal with you. See, your approach to God when you've been raised in this kind of a background is often more intellectual than it is personal. You can believe that God is loving, but you do not open your heart completely to him easily. In fact, you might even be uncomfortable when people refer to God as daddy, although you desire to have that kind of relationship with him. You've learned from your earthly parents, maybe your earthly father, to be independent and not to bother him. So consequently, you see God as more of a disinterested kind of God. You try to handle things on your own rather than taking your concerns and your problems to your heavenly father. You love God, but you wonder if God even wants a relationship with you. And you ask, can he see me? Can he hear me? Do I matter to him? And then the depth of your loneliness and your fear of rejection distorts the truth. So while you're able to function in day-to-day life, 
You don't experience the fullness of a relationship with God. Friend, if that's you today, I want you to know that the same God that created the universe, he sees you. He not only placed every star that was in the sky, he also numbered the hairs that are on your head, and he knows you best, and he loves you most. Psalm 139, verses 1 through 4. Describe our great God. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. My prayer for those of you that have dealt with a parent that was there but was not there is that you will see the truth that God cares about every detail of your life. And I pray that you will realize that he longs for intimacy and closeness with you. And that you will have a clearer image of God and you will experience the relationship with your heavenly father that he has always desired to have with you. The next type of parent is the parent who expects perfection. Where good enough is never good enough. Where the best in the eyes of your parents never measured up. I lived in this kind of home. I can remember when I was in high school, I was a straight A student. And I can remember bringing home my report card and and I had straight A's all the way across it. And I can remember my dad saying, you know they give out A pluses, don't you? I can remember as a senior in high school, I'm in all AP classes. And as the progress report time is about to come, I'm taking AP calculus and I bomb a test right before progress report. Drops the grade from an A to a C. And I can vividly remember 20 years later the face of my father of great disappointment when my progress report had all A's and a C because perfection was expected. Often children that are raised in that kind of home that demanded perfection find their value in what they do rather than who they are. So they're constantly striving to succeed. And many children from this type of home will grow to formulate unrealistic expectations for themselves and require that standard for everyone else that they surround themselves with. And if you were raised in this way, you might find yourself demanding your spouse or your children to continue to improve, to continually get it right. See, every single one of us was wired to perform. And this style of parenting order exasperates that performance element that is in each and every one of us. It creates an unpredictable environment and produces insecure children who believe that they have to earn love. And that necessity to earn love is never more true than when it comes to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. If you were a child of a parent or a home that expected perfection, you might struggle to understand God's unconditional love today. You imagine God to be unrealistically demanding, critical, and accepting only your successes. You're afraid of disapproval from God, and you believe that God's love is a prize to be strived and earned for towards, by your performance. And God might seem to you as he's out of reach or impossible to please. And just maybe, just maybe you've asked, God, am I good enough? God, can you accept me? God, are you happy with me? And your picture of our perfect God has been distorted by a parent who loved you imperfectly. 
one of the things that helps me as a child of God and as a father of children of four amazing kids is to see how God views his own son. Look at what God said about his son Jesus at Jesus' baptism. Matthew chapter 3 verse 17 says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son who I I love. With him I am well pleased. Before a single miracle had been performed, before Jesus had healed a single person, before he had fed the multitudes, before he completed the ultimate task of dying for your sin and my sin on Calvary's cross, God was well pleased with his son Jesus, and so he is well pleased with you and myself. When we see God more clearly as a well-pleased father, we can see ourselves more complete in him. By seeing God as a well-pleased father rather than demanding perfection, we can see that we need not earn his love, but rather receive his love freely. The next type of parent is the controlling parent. This is the kind of parent that not only expects performance out of their children, but demands strict obedience. There's no grace in this home. The controlling nature creates fear, intimidation in the hearts of everyone living in the home. Love is conditional. The controlling parents or parents care more about fostering an environment of, of, of obedience rather than following and creating an environment where the kids feel free to dream and to share. A controlling parent creates an environment where a kid is scared to death to share their heart, to share their agreement, to be who God created them to be. You could describe this kind of home as a legalistic home. This type of parent sees no room for emotion. A strict upbringing, empty of the freedom like that, can lead you to view God more as a dictator who only wants, you to, only wants to be obeyed. You might see God's commandments more as another set of rules that you need to do. At the same time, you're unable to see the love that comes behind his teachings. You comply with God's law, but it's motivated more out of fear, not as a response to his love. You're afraid to fail. You believe that God is constantly disappointed with you. People raised by this kind of parent who is controlling and has to always be right have a tendency as Christians to come, become judgmental with little tolerance for wrong thinking of others. They can be described as legalistic. And you might ask yourself this question. Does God care about my dreams? Does he believe in me? Do I really have a purpose in my life? And if you're wrestling today with having been raised in a controlling environment, I want you to know that you were created by God with an amazing purpose for your life. He sees your potential and he wants to see your innermost dreams and passions become a reality. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. God wants to bless you beyond your imagination according to his will and according to his purpose. 
when your heart is opened up to Almighty God, to be able to clearly see who he is as a perfect father, you can boldly approach his throne without fear. And his hand is not one of control, but of love. The next type of parent is the type that I wish never existed. But in a sinful world with sinful people, there are those parents who have been abusive. Abuse comes in so many different forms, and there's no easy way to talk about abuse. How can I describe an abusive parent? When I consider an abusive parent, I think of words like horrible, unpredictable, hurtful, selfish, demented, but they don't do justice to the pain that you might have endured. And when considering even treading into these waters, know that I walk to this place with you not to revisit past hurts or pain, not to pour salt on those wounds, but to lovingly bring that pain to God who wants to break through in that area of your life. And without question, abuse causes massive wounds in the life of a child and can very easily distort your image of God. If you are abused, you might see God as a harsh, mean God who allowed somebody to hurt you and you can't forgive him. The thought of a God as a father is upsetting to you and it incites fear within your heart. You believe God to be a God that is easily angered and demanding. And you ask God, God, am I safe? Can I trust you? Will you protect me this time, God? And if you're asking those questions of God, can I tell you, yes. God wants you to see him as completely safe, approachable, and accepting. He wants to be seen as your refuge, somebody that you run towards rather than running away. Psalm chapter 9, verse 9 says, The Lord is the shelter for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. He is our shelter in times of trouble. But so many victims of abuse struggle to believe that God would allow such things to happen to them. So here's what I can promise to those of you that have experienced abuse. And I can see it on some of your faces and the tears as they run down your face. God is not the author of abuse. Every single person who hurt you made his or her own choice to do so. And God grieves at your pain. Please know that God wants you to live free from the guilt or the shame. You are worthy no matter what. And God wants to heal those wounds that keep from keeping you from entering a full relationship with him. And as I look at your faces, and I see some of the pain in this room, and I see the agony, and as I've watched some of you shift so uncomfortably today, can I just stop right now? right in the midst of our message. And can I just pray for you? Can I just pray for you? Heavenly Father, God, only you can heal. Only you can redeem, Father. Only you can begin to make a message out of a mess. Jesus, I pray that you would wrap your loving 
strong and tender arms around whoever in this room suffered abuse at the hand of those that were supposed to be their protectors. Help them to let go and know that you are safe, that you are a refuge, and that you will protect them. Please help them in their journey to heal and be healed, to forgive and to trust in you. God, I don't know the details of each life, but I know you. I don't know the pain and the horrifying moments people have gone through, but I know you. I know when I came to the end of my own anger, my own hurt, my own frustrations, I found you, my perfect father. I found a heavenly father full of compassion and safe in every way and always there for me. And God, I pray that for every single person here in this room today, they too can find that. God, help us to run into your arms in our pain, in our loneliness, and in our fear. Help us to live as your children, not as orphans, not alone, not suffering, but in your mighty arms, free to walk forward in your strength. Father, comfort and provide that peace, that peace that transcends all human understanding to my friends today. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I've spent a lot of time today talking about ugly kind of parents. But I saved the best for last. The engaged parent. The good parent. The parent that is involved with their kids. The parent that cares so deeply about their children. That wants to spend time pouring into them. That wants to spend their lives laying them down for their kids. Where they spend their lives praying for and with their children. Where they're so engaged so enthralled with their children that their children aren't struggling with some of the things that I've talked about today. But you know what also happens with people that were raised in engaged families? Is that you might view God as an amazing God, but you haven't truly engaged your heart with him because you've always been so engaged with your earthly parents that you've missed out on the blessing of your heavenly father, that he wants to know you at the depth of your soul and wants to know you so, so well. So can we take a step back? Can we look at our lives in light of our upbringing? And today, if you were honest with yourself, have you projected, have you projected the actions of your imperfect parents on our perfect God? And I bring you back to that quote from A.W. Tozer that I shared at the very beginning. What comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. So for you, who is your God? Do you view him in light of your experiences with your earthly parents? Or do you view him in light of the fact of his infinite love and wisdom? And now can I get right in your face? Can I open up your heart? And can I be the voice of God for just a moment? And can I ask you a very personal and very intimate question? Today, as you sit here in this auditorium, as you sit in the gymnasium at the venue service, are you holding on to bitterness, unforgiveness, or resentment towards one or both of your parents? Is that resentment or bitterness getting in the way of how you visit or view Almighty God? If so, today is your Breakthrough Sunday.
Or what about this? As you heard me describe the different types of parents, did any of them describe you? Did you abandon your child at a young age? Were you or are you a parent that is there but it's not really there? Are you the type of parent that expects nothing less than perfection from your children? Were you controlling in such a way that you pushed your children away? And in a moment of anger or insecurity, did you hurt your child? If that's you, today is Breakthrough Sunday for you. Do you walk daily with regret at the way that your child rebelled or wants nothing to do with you? Does it absolutely break your heart? Then today is Breakthrough Sunday for you. Today, our God wants to break through that stone of hurt and that pain so that you can see him in a whole new way. This isn't one of those kind of messages that I can put a pretty little bow on and send you off encouraged. This is a kind of message that demands that we wrestle. This is a kind of message that demands that we allow the Holy Spirit the opportunity to stir within our hearts, to take that pain, to take that anguish, to take whatever it is that you've been pushing down for all these years as a result of your upbringing, and allow it to bubble up, to allow those emotions to finally come up to the surface and allow God to heal you. This is one of those kind of messages that if at the hand of your parenting, that at the decisions that you've made as you've raised your children or are currently raising them, if the way that you are raising them is impacting them for the negative, that you take the opportunity to allow the Holy Spirit to search your heart, to change your heart, to change the way that you're doing things, and to spend some time to get right with God. And so in just a moment, the praise team, the worship team, is going to take us through the song, Good, Good Father. And it, you couldn't have any better song than that to do some business with God in terms of thinking of your earthly father or mother. I don't know what God's doing, but I know that as I look at your faces, I see pain in this room. I see hurt. I see people that have been trying, just like I did for so long, to push it down, to not go there. As the tears well up in your eyes, don't fight it. Allow God to do some work with you right now. That means that you want to come up here and you want to take whatever it is that's gone on in your background and you want to lay it at the foot of the cross. Come do business with God today. If you want to come up here after everything that I've shared today and you want to praise God and say, God, thank you. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for what amazing parents you gave me. Then come up here and do business with God. If you want to stay in your seat because you're a little bit more comfortable there, then, hey, praise God. Here's what would be a travesty in my eyes. Is as the Holy Spirit's leading you, have you just pushed it back down? If you just pushed it back down and tried to move on, now as we worship, allow God to do something in you. And if you do want to come down and, and you want somebody to pray with you, we have an amazing team of prayer partners that their whole purpose of coming to church today, this entire message they've been praying for you, and they would love, absolute love, to come alongside you to pray for you whatever whatever's going on in your life. All you need to do is just make eye contact with them and they'll come right alongside you.
Let's do some business with God. Join me in prayer. Father, there are so many stories written in this room. Stories of pain. Stories of hurt. Stories of anguish. And for many, God, they've been running away from those stories for years, for decades. Father, today, in the name of Jesus, I pray for freedom for them. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that, God, you will search their hearts, that you will help them, God, to be able to reconcile their upbringing. And, God, for those that are here today that have projected the way that they've been treated by their earthly parents on you, God, I pray that they will see you not as the way that they were treated, but as the way that your word promises us of who you are, your amazing characteristics the amazing father that you are. You are a good, good father. You are perfect in all of your ways. Your love is so undeniable. The peace that you give us is so unexplainable that we can hardly think. But God, as you call us deeper today, as you take us deeper today, as you tread into areas that God, we haven't wanted to allow you, Holy Spirit, have your way in this place right now. Jesus, do some work in us, in this place, in this moment. You are a good, good father, and we trust in you.